ฟังกูแบกบอลเป็นฟังกูแบกแล้วมีแก่ฟังกูแบกบอลเป็นฟังกูแบกแล้วมีแก่ฟังกูแบกบอลเป็นฟังกูแบกแล้วมีแก่
How do people Lottery. talk shit about Zion being out of shape, but they don't say shit about Randall being out of shape? Get the fuck oh out of here. Oh, my God. He's terrible. Yeah, Remember people said that Zion's ceiling was Randall? Oh, my Lord. Did <laughs> oh, they say that? I didn't hear it. If I did, they, I was probably blocked. Was I was putting blocked. up better numbers off the court. That was AC. That was AC. <laughs> yes, uh, oh, okay, so we got a lot to do here in the uh, Five Point Play podcast. Here we go. Um, so we want to talk to you a little bit about the Duke recruit. I think that's going to be a lot of our conversation tonight. And then we want to talk a little bit about the NBA free agency and where it kind of landed for the Duke players. We got a lot of uh, questions. AC, we got a lot of questions from the mailbag. Yeah, most we've ever had, I think, in the mailbag. Oh, yeah. Well, so we're going we're gonna, to uh, do that. I want to talk a little bit, by the way, this, you guys don't know this, but I want to talk about Trey Jones' wedding. Did you guys know he got married? I want to talk about his wedding because you know who was there, Jack? Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith was there. I was going to say NBA champion Jack White was there. Also, I was going to say also uh, available to get off parole, Sarah Vino was allowed to go. Ooh, ooh. So, yeah. wow. He, 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 he <laughs> crossing lines now. He's good. I, no, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, Dang. he talked to his oh, wait, PO and they were like, yes, sir. Oh, 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 gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, then, and then we want to talk about, uh, we're going to do our, uh, as is. usual, we're going to talk about our player profile. We do one every podcast in the off season. This week, Jack, we're going to do you My and man. I. My you man. and I, Jack. We already said it. ACC Player of the Year. Probably first team All American Tyrese Proctor. So we're going to talk about that at the end. So let's talk about recruiting real quick. AC, who do we got? Man, we got two new guys. Uh, we got what's his name, Nipple, and we got um, who am I forgetting? Nick, the other. I don't know Pablo. how to pronounce who, that who name, so just, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I'm not it's, nipple. Try. it's it's Nipple, and I can't wait. <laughs> nipple, <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> I hope he commits. Oh, shut up. His last name is Nipple. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm not lying. I'm Canoopal. Did they no, call him Canoopal? I thought they that, called that, Nipple. It's definitely not I nipple. thought it was Nipple, too. I'm li- I like Nipple. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pablo. I'm going to go with Pablo. As the point guard here at the Five Point Play podcast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go over to uh, Pablo. Pablo, send us all straight here. What do we got? So we got uh, two new guys that you guys are talking about. The AC was saying we got a Con Canoopal and a VJ Edgecombe. Both were offered by Duke uh, late yesterday evening. <clears throat> yep. Go ahead, AC. Nah, they're both good players, man. Like the the one thing I like about Knupel, I want to say nipple. <laughs> the one thing I like about him, man, is just he gets his he gets his shot. He's he's a, he's an offensive minded player, right? We're not looking at him for defense. That's not what he's there for. People freaking out, like I don't like it. Whatever, man. Who cares? We will have other guys on the court who can handle defense. He is there to score the ball and to set up other people, and he is really good at that. And he's really good at doing that no matter what competition he plays against. That's one of the things I like about him, man, whether it's other five stars or whether it's one-star players at the rec league. like He is going to get his spots, and he knows how to get his spots. That's why he's a five-star player. you got to ask yourself. The people who are getting mad about it, ask yourself, why is this guy who is not a traditional athlete that you see in the top top 25 – and he can't jump out of the gym and everything else. Why is he a five-star rated player prior to getting a Duke offer, right? Like, because he does what he does and nobody can stop him from doing what he does. His ceiling is limited, sure. But he will, and you just saw, in the NBA, you just saw a guy who 
can do the exact same thing. He just gets his shot. He's not athletic. He's not he's not a, a supreme being, but he he just doesn't make mistakes. And, and that's what Khan does, man. Yeah, no, I, I I'm I second that AC. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I didn't know people were actually getting upset that, you know. Oh, yeah. That we offered him. I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't see that anywhere, to be honest with you. But I mean, it's like you said, man. I mean, the guy is and he's an elite talent you know, for a reason, you know, he gets to a spot, like you said, he's not an elite athlete, but I mean, it's, it's been guys that's made it to the NBA. That's been all-stars, mm-hmm. all of famers, like guys like Steve Nash, he's the same profile, you know what I mean? And I'm not comparing them to Steve Nash. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that they, they know how to play the game. They play the game the right way. And not Absolutely. just that, that they're, they're intelligent and they use their IQ sure. to get to their spots, you know, and they know how to use their body. He's got a big body too. pause. Yep. So, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. You know what I mean? I mean it's it's kind of like, it's kind of like what Paul Pierce would do, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Go ahead. No, uh, absolutely, PZ. Like, I'm with you, man. Like, <clears throat> I said the same thing. I don't want to jump anything, but, like, I said the same thing about Prodigy. He's just a different dude. Like, he sees the game differently. He acts differently. He, he, he addresses the game differently. And I think that's what – you're not going to get a world star athlete out of the, any of these two dudes, I don't think, in my opinion. But Edcombe's a good athlete. I like him. Yeah, but I feel like he's one of those dudes you recruit just so you don't have to play. He's gonna be better no, than I, that. No, 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 no. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you some dudes you recruit so you don't have to play them. That's that's fine. Edgecombe is he's a two way player. He's really good. Understood. Yeah, he, but what I'm saying is like I, I agree with pa- I agree with Pablo. Like that's the fact. They're just a smarter basketball player. That's yeah. what separates them. For sure. Answer your question, AC. <clears throat> Honestly, I I mean, yeah, I, I have seen a few people complain about some of the recent recruiting, but I, I just I wanna I wanna take a second and talk about that with this because first off, these these are highly ranked kids. They're kids, first of all, so I don't know why you're trash talking them on the internet. Um <laughs> second, do you not trust John Shire to do you not trust John Shire? I know people are always going to complain, but do you not trust John Shire to make good decisions about this program? He's before coaching a single game, the guy locked up two number one classes. Like he's incredibly, he's incredibly like in sync with how basketball is today. He's a good coach. We've seen that. He's a great recruiter. He's got a great eye for talent. I I don't. I don't know. I think is I'm I'm a hundred percent behind anyone Shire has an eye for. Mm-hmm. I think that's right, Jack. I, I think that like if, if you're going to trust anybody at this point, it's going to be John. And it's not just because he took over for Coach Jay. It was well before, right? You know what I mean? Like it was well before he took over. He signed the number one class. So AC, you know, when you look at these guys, I think I think one of the things I want to talk about with Knuckle. Is that, is, mm-hmm. that how you, Tombo, is that how you pronounce his name, Knuckle? Yeah, I mean, you guys go with what you want to go with. That's fine. <laughs> I have no idea, right? Knuckle, Knuckle. Right? He's a scorer, right? He's a scorer, right? And I watch his videos and I see it. So the one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Pablo, is that, and, and we said this in, in our group chat. We have a group chat with the Five Point Play podcast, and if you want to get involved, it's $100 a man. But <laughs> joking aside, um, 
one thing, Pablo, that I, I wanted to ask you was, how does that affect the Cooper flag recruitment? Because I see a lot of guys that, you know, not that they're the same exact position, but, you know, there's a lot of guys in that class. And then does he stay in 2025? Does he reclass in 2024? What is the relationship between him and uh, uh, Boozer? Like, you know, we see both Boozers there, Cameron, Caden, like, I've read reports where they don't have great relationships. Like, what is going on there? Like, Pablo tried to dissect that for us. Uh, I think it's just more or less, um, in my honest opinion, I think it's just a rumor. But if it's not a rumor, you know, which I'll try to get to the bottom of it. Um, I know some people close to, like, the boozers and stuff. And uh, I just think that it's just it might just be competition, man. You know what I mean? Both of those kids are highly competitive. They're competing for the number one spot. They're both playing 16s right now. Uh, everybody wants them to play 17s. I think it's just, it might just be competition, to be honest with you. But I don't understand why, like, you know, before we had, you know, started the pod, we kind of talked about it, too. It's like, I mean, the guys play, like, the same position. They do kind of, like, the same things. It's like, you know, imagine both of those guys on the same team. That's that's unstoppable. You know what I mean? So, Nothing to do know, about that. Again, you can't tell a kid how to feel. You know what I mean? That's the other part. You can't tell a kid how to feel. So I, I have no idea. Um, but I'm going to – I'm definitely – talking to my boy and trying to get some more information about it. And I will mm-hmm. definitely get you an answer for sure. Cause I think it's, I think some of that is just, cause I seen a tweet. I won't even name who tweeted it out, but I was just like, whatever dude, you know what I'm saying? He was kind of <laughs> like just throwing it out there, starting a rumor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see that being the case, man. But that's how a lot of these rumors get started, right? Yeah, like somebody's exactly. either talks to somebody or they're at a game or something, an AU game or something. And they hear somebody say something and then it just runs. But no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think I think both would thrive together, quite honestly, especially the way they both move the ball, the the positions they play, and the, their ability to play the entire court. So I, I I could see John being able to talk both of them into that. But one of the things I just I like to look at what some of these coaches do two years down the road, and one of the things that they didn't that John hasn't done is recruit a four like a true takeover four for the the 24 class. So that's one of the places I can see him filling that gap with flag, just like he did with Proctor bringing him in early. And that's like Gangba and Badunga could both play. Well, either one of them could play the four if you needed them to, but I, would you rather have Cooper flag at the four? Cause I would. <laughs> so, and, and Cooper flag is the only one of those guys in that class, that 25 class right now near the top, at least who's capable has, it has the birth date and everything else to be able to reclass. So we'll see what he does, man. He's been in Montverde now since his sophomore year. You usually don't see guys staying at a place like IMG or Montverde for three years. So we'll see what he does. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm just, I'm very interested to continue, continue watching that one. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. The, I mean, as a, as a casual fan, right. Uh, a guy that, you know, I, I watched the recruitment and I watched the, you know, the guys that, you know, kind of transfer and, and that's kind of the nature of uh, high school basketball at this point. Where do you see Cooper flag at this point? Cause you know, when we did the podcast a couple months ago and you were on there, it was a no-brainer done deal where Cooper Flag was going to reclass 24 in August after Peach Jam. He was going to commit to Duke. Do you still feel that way or do you feel kind of like, ah, I'm not so sure because of all the rumors that him and Boozers don't get along and now we're getting all these other... Uh, Offers out there for 2024. No, I, I don't. Even... I don't think this is gonna last long. Sorry. 
no, no, no. I, I would I wouldn't even say the rumors are the thing. The uh the NCAA coming out with their new rules a few months ago, I think that was a big uh a, a, a real big thing. Um and now you have to go to college or you have to go to the G like we all thought that they were gonna be able to jump from high school and play NBA basketball. Now you have to pick a college or you have to go to Ignite or whatever, whatever. Um I think that threw a whole wrench into the Cooper flag thing. Uh, I was on the Cooper flag wrote when he was a seventh grader, I believe. So um, the, the, I think more than anything, TK, to be quite honest with you, is the new NCAA rules that came out when they released him on Twitter. What was it? Two months ago, two and a half months ago. Uh, where When Breakfield couldn't go anywhere, he had to stay at Ole Miss and <clears> – <throat> I think it's more of that, man. I, re- I really do. Um, I still think Flag's a Duke player. Like, he, he he's a Duke Blue Devil. I mean, if you could cut a mold of a Duke Blue Devil player, it's him. But you don't mm, – I, I feel like you would give up him for a, a boozer. I really do. I mean, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I think it's kind of tough because, I mean, if it's a reclass – for flag then you can on you can get both just not together um in theory which i mean it it's again the whole thing is really tough you got i mean looking at flag though he's a guy who he if he had the reclass option and wouldn't have to uh wouldn't have to do a year in between no matter what like everyone expected until recently then yeah no he's no doubt guy who's gonna Come in, go to Duke for a year. He's a guy. He compared himself to Grayson Allen for God's sake. Like <laughs> this is a Duke. This is a Duke guy through and through. That being said, I think a reclass is most likely on the table for him. Like because, like AC said, he's actually one of those guys in the class at the top who can reclass and go to the draft a year early. I think people are acting like Duke's losing steam. I'm not sure of that, but. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not as connected as others on here. It's. I'm in more of a wait and see approach right now with him. Well, I'll say. I'll say this. I know that. You know, he got some great feedback after that NBA top 100, NBPA top 100 camp from NBA execs, scouts, and things like that. And that's where the reclass is really starting to pick up steam. At. Um, I think everything else is honestly everything else is just a rumor and speculation. But that's not a rumor or a speculation. You know, they got to see firsthand, you know, what that kid can do. And uh, you see even even rivals, you know, they they switched up their rankings. They have him in one now. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Honestly, it does make sense for him to reclass because it means that good. Uh, I don't like I, obviously I don't think the boozers are reclass. I don't see that happening. You know what I mean? I don't even think they can. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're too young. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see that happening with Cooper Flag, and as far as him going to Duke, he's going to Duke. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's even no question about that. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, AC real quick though. Uh, the only thing I actually really was wondering is when you saw the video, right, mm-hmm. of Cooper Flag going against Cameron Boozer. Mm-hmm. Electrifying, first of all. Yeah. Cameron Boozer was by far the best player on that floor. Yeah. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he's one of the best he's one of the best high school prospects I've seen in a very long time. He it, it's it reminds me of what, what we saw Apollo, just Harry. the footwork, the Harry. size, the so, the all court ability. So the reason I asked Harry. Harry. Yeah, exactly. So the reason Pick I up. asked that, right, is I thought when I watched the, you know, three and a half minute video of Boozer versus Flag. I thought there was no doubt in my mind that Boozen was the better player. But yet, rivals came out and <clears throat> rated Flag higher. So Pablo, to your point, it was kind of like, wait, what am I missing here? Defensively, Flag is a better defender. Yeah, he's, he's a better defender. Flag ceiling, flag ceiling is higher, in my opinion, because Pablo, of that. do you agree with that? Uh, so, I... Agree to a certain extent. I think that Flag is a better perimeter defender. I think he can move his feet and guard uh-huh. like smaller guards. Whereas I think uh, Boozer is a better interior defender who can also slide his feet. But I don't. I don't see Boozer standing in front of like a, a one or a two. And I do see Flag being able to do that. And uh, I can see that Cam can guard a four and a five as opposed to Cooper can guard a maybe a four. But he can't guard a okay. five. Yeah. So the, the other thing I was going to ask you guys, uh, other players, AC, and I'll start with you. AC, other players that Duke uh, is recruited right now, is there is there any situation right now where they're trying to push players to commit earlier by offering certain players? Because I kind of see there are a couple offers out there right now where it's kind of an either or, whereas. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, originally it was always going to be one of those things where yeah. it was, like, they're mutually exclusive. That was always, like, the, the key term, you know, when, when, when you know, Kay was offering players. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it now? I can see, I can kind of see the Canoople and Edgecomb offers sort of pushing Dylan Harper. I think, I, I think that's a sign that we're ready to move on, move on if he is not ready to commit. And I, I know he's... I, I still I don't think that that one is set in stone yet. I still think we lead in that one, but I don't think it's set in stone yet. I think I think the possibility of him playing with Ace Bailey at Rutgers, one and two players in their class. I, I think that's really that's that's getting to him. I think it's getting to Dylan Harper, man, for real. And on, quite honestly, man, that 24 class is not great. It's not a great class like the guys who are at the top. It's not like the 25, 25 class. The two best players are, are far and away better than the rest of the class. 24 is not like that. And. If if we got you know Khan and or Edgecomb or whoever else we're gonna offer in, in twenty four at that at that small wing position or whatever that shooting guard position, I, I think John's happy with taking either one. And I mean Dylan is probably gonna take the one and done route, and I think John would rather have somebody who's gonna be around for a couple of years anyway. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Well, real quick before I get to D, um, I want to ask you real quick: Does Dylan Harper still go to Duke? Honestly, man, I don't. I I think he does. I think in, everything makes sense for it, but I can Pablo? see the path for him to go to Rutgers. I can. I can see. Pablo, it. I see your face, bro. Uh, I uh, I think we are still leading, but I think I think that's fading. I really think that's fading. Mm-hmm. I think it's fading. What Peach Jam is this coming week? Peach Jam is this coming week, and he said he's announcing at Peach Jam. So we'll see what happens. A lot of players announced Peach Jam. Yeah, yeah, Jack. What do you think? I've been hearing for a while that it's fading, but I didn't really believe it until recently. I, I still do think Duke's in the lead, but these offers know. 
these offers should speak volumes. Yes. I think you weren't looking at any other any other two way one twos until recently. Yeah, I'll add this real quick. And I think yeah, so I mean, for me, it's it's um one of those things. And you see, I, I mean, you and I have always talked about this, and we've been talking about it for this ten years, right? Where uh, recruitments are a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I feel like this one is kind of along the same path. But at the same time, I never felt like Duke was the hands down favorite. So that's why this that's why it's different. Where like I. When he knew it was Duke, then it was different, you know. And he didn't buy into the smoke and mirrors. Where this one, he wasn't, there was no real like between Rutgers Duke. Like there was no real clear to me. Pombo, do you do you believe anything different? No, I think you. I think you're exactly right. Um, I think early on in the recruitment, obviously it was 100 percent Duke. Everybody, you know, and I don't know if you all seen that tweet. Even his dad tweeted that. Did y'all ever mm-hmm. see that tweet by Ron? Yeah, I'm a shit. I'm a shit. His dad literally tweeted like he's going to Duke type thing, but then you know, like he, oh, he, 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 he deleted it or whatever. Because um, I guess you know, I, I I'm sure they had some behind the scene conversations or whatever. But um, I think I don't know. I don't know. His his commitment is going to be tough. But I think I will say the thing about Harper's commitment. And from those offers that just happened last night, I think it does say a little something because I know Shire knows that he still has a point guard that's going to be there next year in Caleb Foster. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't think that he's really going to be worried too much if Dylan Harper doesn't come in. I know he wants him, obviously. It's, it's obvious he wants him. But if he doesn't come to Duke, you know, we know that Foster and McCain is going to be there two years. You know, Caleb Foster's a point guard his whole life. So he'll be stepping into that role. You know, next year, once Proctor is gone and once uh, Roach is gone, if Dylan Harper isn't there. And real quick yeah, before they, we get to D, real quick before we get to D, it is more likely for uh, for Dylan Harper to not come to Duke than it is for Caleb Foster or Jared McCain to go pro, which I think is the other thing you'd look at with this kind of offer. So that's all I was going to say, AC. I think the NIL and I think the and I me and you have talked personally about this before NIL was ever even a thing years and years ago. I said, this is cyclical, bro. Supply and demand. You can't you can't push a bunch of talent into one thing and then and and then have it survive. There's not enough pie to be sliced. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that. I think the way like like we just talked about last segment, the NCAA rules that came out a few months ago. No, you can't do this now. You got to do your COVID year here, or you lose it. Da 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 da. That that's going to come into play with the with the Harper. It, it really will. And these dudes are starting to stay more than you know one year now. They're not all one and done. Even your top tens aren't one and done now. I I, I mean, throw nil out. Throw nil out. The free market economy is cyclical. NCAA basketball is cyclical. This is all going to come full circle regardless of NIL. And I've said that from Jump Street. The NIL just proved it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Jack, I'll start with you here because, I mean, 
Well, I mean, M NBA style, you already know. I mean, your 76ers are just a trade wreck. Um, absolute Eesh. trade wreck. But, you know, we got a lot of deep guys that are out there that are making deals. And I want to give a shout out for my main man, Cam Reddish, who signed a one year, I guess, you know, veteran minimum for the Lakers. Uh, with a player option for the second year. I want to give a shout-out to my main man, Seth Curry, who's back with the Mavericks. Love that. So we got Lively, Hyrie, we got Seth. I love that. But, Jack, I'll give you the floor here real quick. You're 76 years. I'm sorry, man. I, just take the floor. Yeah, um... Is what it is. We'll see how the Sixers do. Uh, Maury's going to get his thing done. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I, I also, before before I say anything else, yes, Seth Curry signing with the Mavericks. This is the third contract in a row he signed with the Mavericks. They traded him away after one season each of the last two times, which I just think is hilarious. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, Cam, my guy Cam, who uh, is from not far from where I live, going to uh, to L.A., which is huge for him. Kyrie re-upping in Dallas, D-Live and Dariq now D-Live with the Mavs. Now three Blue Devils there. And uh, Dariq getting drafted over in uh, Brooklyn, which is team he grew up rooting for. Really happy for him. Um, Tyus Jones getting moved to Washington as part of the uh, Porzingis trade. Um, they Can we break the wall real quick? We had a text conversation yeah. about how horrible this area is. And I just feel so bad for Tyus for having to come to DC. Hey, hey, Tyus. <laughs> I, I may or may not have made Tyus a jersey swap. So Oof. Uh, Oof. keep keep your eyes peeled for that. But wait, wait, so Jack, real quick, I just want to make sure I understand this correctly for all of our listeners. Um, you have a Washington Wizards Tyus Jones. Okay. I'm sorry for Ty. I'm, I'm I'm sorry for you, and I'm sorry for Ty. I'm, I'm just... it already. How did you get that already? That's just sad. For everybody. Yes. Every... No, not not just for you, Jack. It's just for everybody involved. Just... Good show, man. The answer is um, he asks. I may or may not have delivered. There's one last one last thing I want to one second, which ahead, is uh, NBA champion Jack White signing a two year deal with the Thunder. Look, man, you can't oh, tell that? me that Duke doesn't that? develop talent. You can't tell me because this man was a three-star recruit who barely saw playing time as a freshman, and now he signed sure. a two-year contract in the NBA right after winning an NBA championship. Come on now. This man is yeah, 34 yeah. in a row. So, Shaq, I, I want to ask you a question real quick. Uh, if you had any assets left available for the San Francisco, would you trade for Zion Williamson? I'm going to say no, but not because I don't want him and not because he's not good, but because okay, I don't think he fits go. with the Sixers. Okay, fair enough. So I don't think he's a good fit. Fair enough. So, D, I want to go to you now because I saw the reaction there. We are live on camera, and so what I want to know now, uh, now that there's, so there are so many players that got great contracts or got traded and all these things, D, you would Zion Williamson should he be better off being traded? That'll be my first question. Absolutely, you got to get out of New Orleans at this point. Doesn't everybody get out of New Orleans? 
Well, Name a top no, player actually, who doesn't. Before, before, I, before I ask you that, Z, um, the, uh, well, here's what I'm going to ask you. Is that can you blame New Orleans for wanting to get rid of them? Uh, no. Shoosh. No. No, you really can't. No, you honestly, TK, you can't. But, but there's not a there's not one superstar in the league who hasn't left New Orleans. How many so, superstars have been in New Orleans? I'm just saying, any, any superstar who went to New Orleans is true. Right? Yeah, right. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Anthony and Davis, Dip, Zion, Dip, Dip, Demarcus Cousins, Dip. I mean, the best. To your, to answer your question. To answer your question, they all dip. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, AC. No, just to, to answer your question, though, I agree. I agree with both of you and, and D on this. Like, this, if they're going to move away from him, now's the time to do it. While you're on his rookie contract, you don't want to sign him to a, a super max and then have to move him after that. So they already him. did. Let him be able they to sign work. Him to a bro. Super max? They signed him to a super max extension. And it kicked I, in oh, yesterday. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with, with my point guard abilities here. Pablo, go ahead. Uh, no, nah, I mean. I, I I personally wouldn't trade him, you know. what I mean, because it, it's just it's a gamble. Because if he can stay healthy, I mean, it, you know, he can't be stopped. What he, what he averaged twenty seven a game in the second year, you know what I mean? If he can right. get if you can get him healthy and focused, that's twenty seven a game and even more. You know what I mean? And he's a hell of a player, so I wouldn't trade him personally. Well, you know, probably the good news is that like he has a lot to play for now because. You know, he's a wife and alimony now to, to, to play for. So, Jack, go ahead. Jack, go ahead. Zion had a couple of injuries. He has played, he's played one full season in four years, which is a shame. But this year, before he got injured at a game I was unfortunately at, um, he was, like, top five in the MVP conversation. In his one full healthy season, he averaged 27 points a game. He shot 67% from the field. He was an all-star starter. Also, yeah, the Supermax kicked in like yesterday or the day before, um, July 1st, so two days ago. Um, he's there. He's there unless they want to like take on Tobias Harris's contract. But I don't think that that's going to happen for multiple reasons. But I think the most important thing here is he's a really good player, and so long as he stays healthy and engaged, he's going to be a superstar. And also, like, Zion and Ingram is an incredible one-two punch. Do you really not want to have that on your team? Like, why Why would you trade him unless he's proven repeatedly that he can't commit to the team? Like, he's doing great when he's able to be on the floor. Okay, so I agree with that, Jack, 100%. And I think that one of the things, so we always hear the, uh, and Jack, you appreciate this, that one of the things you always hear about is, you know, oh, we're going to draft another number one pick that always gets hurt and, you know, and beat and all these guys. But your point always is, Jack, that and beat, they get hurt and then turned into the MVP. Joel Embiid played 32 games in his first three seasons total. So that makes sense. Now, do you think it is apples to apples, though, Jack? Yes. Embiid had an incredible college season at Kansas, 
was in the running for the first overall pick before getting injured, then broke his back and missed a second season. Or no, he broke his back the first time. Then he broke his foot and missed another season. And then he played, he played 31 to 32 games his, uh, his third year, which was his rookie year. And then tore his meniscus, which is like he has had three, he had three injuries in his first three seasons that were season ending. And two of them are identical to the ones Zion's had. Right. Like, people were saying here in Philly, people were saying the same things about him. Oh, he can't stay healthy. He doesn't want to. He's fat. He's like, he is too big for his own good. He doesn't know oh. how to take himself seriously. Oh. Everyone's saying all this stuff about Embiid. They finally see him play. They're like, it's the process. And then, you know, you guys know what happened. The man averaged 27 and 13 in his first season with a fully competent roster. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I know that B wants to talk about something here. B, jump in. I just want to say one thing, man. Like, uh, it seems like the NBA will give a lot of players a lot of leeway if they don't don a Duke jersey beforehand. Um, it, just like you get a Duke bump when you get a fucking NIL or a, a scholarship offer or whatever. I feel like it's like a vice versa thing in the NBA, man. Like, oh, you're from Duke. You're supposed to be an all-star. You're supposed to be out here yamming on it. I mean, it's like, and if you don't do that, then you're a bum. And you don't get any chances. But anybody else gets mad chances. And you got Harrison Barnes getting touted and Joel Embiid getting touted. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's weird. It's a weird concept, man. And I know y'all see it. I know y'all see it. I don't have an NBA team. I don't give a shit about the NBA other than like, I love basketball, so I'll watch it. But it, it, it's like the 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 vice versa of the Duke bump in the in the high school rankings. I I really feel that way. Yeah, so I I don't watch the NBA as much as you know AC Jack Pablo. I don't know where you are in this, uh, but I will say uh, Pablo, I give you this call here because. You know, I watch the NBA, and I, I always follow the Duke players. That's all I care about. Like, I want to know where our guys are and what they're doing. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I look at the, uh, you know, the social media stuff after, you know, somebody wins a championship or, you know, whatever, and, and UNC's famous for this, where they'll play – Oh, this guy was uh, part of a championship team in the NBA, James McAdoo, with the uh, back-to-back Golden State Warriors. You know, dude just did the same thing with Jack White. Come on. Like, look, we all know Jack White didn't play a fucking role in this. But I'll fucking take it. Look, I'll take it. As a fan, I'll fucking take it. You know, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, it didn't happen. But at the same time, it's a little, it's a little childish. Um, but I get why they do it. So, Pablo, let me ask you a question real quick. Is for the NBA free agency and where Duke players are, I want to ask you real quick about Trey Jones re-signing, doing the, the, the new contract with San Antonio. I think that could not be any better for him. With Wembenyana going there, like that has to be a phenomenal situation for him. That's going to be a couple of rings coming down the pipe in the next 10 years. Yeah. So 
Uh, I know Trey Jones. He signed. What he signed? Uh, it was it a twenty million dollar contract? Two years, yeah. twenty million. Two years, twenty million. Yeah. And he got married that day. Hey, that's dope. Yeah, we're gonna get to that, Jack. You know, what I mean, he's one of the steadiest guards in the league, man. Like, I mean, you know what you're gonna get out of Trey Jones, and then you know, playing for that organization is just—it's just, just kind of like it's just perfect, man. It's a perfect fit. Um, I've always loved Trey Jones, not just because I'm a Duke fan, uh, but I just love his game, man. And I think it fits perfectly with San Antonio. And I think he's gonna have a hell of a time playing with Wimby. That's a lot of lobs, man. A lot of lobs. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think this sounds like a perfect transition, TK, to the uh, to the Trey Jones segment. Okay, okay, you order where to go. Okay, fair enough. Let's next, let's next play. Wait, point guard, baby. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So, what I want to talk about right now is, um, oh, your boy Trey Jones getting married. I love that. Love that. And so, you know, a lot of uh, talk was going on about Nolan Smith. Tweeting, AC, he was tweeting during the NBA draft. Is that what happened? Yeah, during the draft process. Yep, tweeting the, oh. dra- the draft. Tweeting. Oh, interesting. Uh, so he was tweeting during the NBA NBA draft that uh, he didn't like do. he didn't like that uh, head coaches for basketball teams, college basketball teams, were in the green room with their players, and everybody assumed that it was about John Shar. AC it was about John Shar. No, I don't think so. No, and and oh, his wife oh. Shayna Smith even came on and even said, if if someone was invited, then this shouldn't be about them, right? Like she she and then she had to delete her whole her whole damn Twitter account huh. for a interesting. second. Oh, interesting. <laughs> she's back. Interesting. No, she's back. She's, oh, interesting. she's back. Everyone. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um. So AC, yeah. Look, you're you're AC. You're on Twitter, right? Hmm. Yes. Five Point Play Podcast Twitter people follow us. Thank you. Um and AC, you 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 kind of uh do, what do we, what do you do? I'm not on Twitter, AC. Uh, spaces, what is that? Twitter Spaces, yeah, you can get on Spaces yeah, and talk to nice. people. And so you handle a lot of stuff on Twitter, and then you and be the Do fan and Pablo and and all those people, they they all do. Uh, we might have a thing on there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing in there. So we might do when, a thing when, when other people that are in the know, quote unquote, on. Duke basketball. When mm-hmm. they post things on Twitter, do you respond to them? I respond in like for what we think for the five point play podcast, or at least what okay. I think. I, I can't speak for everyone on here. I can't okay, speak gotcha. for all five people, but this is me tweeting. And all right. I want to do is just try to clear up some things when they happen. Like there's so other, there's obviously saw, stories everywhere else, right? Right. So when you saw something happen on draft night, mm-hmm. did you respond? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I did, and and I wanted to. What I wanted to do was kind of there was a there was a storm starting like real fast, and it's the one thing I didn't like to Bad. see. I didn't like to see, and it, it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily people who are in the know or whatever else. Like I'm not you know not definitely not throwing shots on that type of stuff, right? But there were people who are third or fourth party who who are in chats and other things with some some people. And and those when those people are tweeting about it as if they know something, not necessarily the ones who who talk directly to some of these players and stuff or whatever else or have really good connections, not necessarily even those people. But when you have other people who are who are cussing Nolan out and his family and some of this other stuff, man, like I I, I can't stand for that because that's this brotherhood, right? Like this we we stick together on this thing, man. Like, that's the one thing I didn't like. 
Yeah. So, like, what do you what do you heard? D, I'll go to you. Well, what do you heard? D, that there was some brotherhood uh, espionage going on, where it's like, oh, by the way, um, someone said that Noel was trying to sabotage the brotherhood. Well, see, here's the thing, true? TK. Uh, I mean, well, well, here's the thing, TK. Like me, y'all know me. If I say something on Twitter, yeah, I might get blocked. I might lose a couple followers, what have you, what have you. But there, no, no, all jokes aside, man, this is some real, real shit. There are some people on this app that if they say shit, it is written in red. It is gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you say some dumb shit out there, and now you got a whole bunch of flock of ignorant folk believing it. And that's the problem. That's what I have a problem with. That's what the Five Point Play podcast is here to fucking nullify. This is what we're here to finish. All right, Jack. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of pick up on that, Jack, I, I will say this, that, like, you know, I'm not trying to fluff you up here at all, but at the end of the day, like, you have the biggest following on Instagram. You have the biggest following on Twitter. Um, on any Duke, you know, account, other than Duke and, and you know, Duke actual, you yeah, know, the yeah. largest, oh. like the largest account outside of them on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Talk so, to him, Jack. Tell him. Talk yeah. to him. Talk to him. Say, say it again. Say it again louder for the people in the back. You already I need y'all to follow me. 100%. Jack. But my point is, though, that, you know, a lot of a lot of players follow you, Jack. A lot of recruits follow you. And so when you originally heard about uh, the Nolan John thing, and you knew damn well it wasn't true. And then so when all this stuff came out with uh, Trey Jones' wedding, and all the pictures are showing John and uh, Nolan just arm in arm, enjoying each other, it was kind of like a validation. So for people that are unaware, Jack, we knew damn well that that wasn't the case, that John and uh, Nolan were at odds. But during the NBA draft, people on Twitter, and I'm not going to name names, and, you know, it is what it is, they tried to go at people and try to set up something where uh, it was a scenario where no one was throwing shots at John. It was not the case. It was never the case because, quite frankly, that's not what happened. And if people knew what actually happened at Duke with no one, it was, just no, it was never the case. But, Jack, I'll give you the four. Yeah, it wasn't a shot at John. It was a shot at this guy. I don't know if y'all can see that. Is that Calipari? That is, in fact, Calipari, who posted on Instagram, excited to get the draft underway. Love this family and the way they support each other. And it's, I mean, it's, it's Case and Wallace. But, like, it's a post. He's, what Nolan said in his tweet was, I, as a coach, will never go to the draft unless I'm invited. I'm not going to make this moment, I'm not going to make that moment about me when it's the player's moment. When Calipari had literally posted on Instagram making it about himself. Like that was clearly a shot at Calipari. I don't know what I don't know what else it could be. I mean, obviously it 
was poor timing. He tweeted it right when Lively was drafted. But I'll be completely real. This was that was just poor timing. Like Nolan said repeatedly, he wasn't watching the draft. That's just poor timing. It was a shot at Cal. It was a shot at Kentucky. He's a coach at Louisville. It's almost like you and your homies are drinking in the backyard, and you're like, you know what? Hell yeah, I'm gonna tweet this. You right, bro? Right, exactly. That's that's how it looked to me. That's exactly how it looked to me. Don't overthink this one. And so, when you look at the pictures of Trey Jones' wedding, and the only reason we brought this up is to to kind of clear the air here, that there was nothing there. But we're gonna play the next play, AC. Next play. And so, Pablo, I want to start with you because we're going to do a player profile every single off-season podcast that we have. And the last podcast we did, obviously, Philipowski, you got to start there. But to Jack and I's point, all season long, Jack and I were talking about who should be the ACC player of the year mm-hmm. is Tyrese Proctor, and that's our guy. And I think that he's going to be, again, and I'm not trying to set you up for failure here, but I'm telling you, that is my guy for ACC Player of the Year, Tyrese Proctor. Pablo, talk talk to me about what you expect from Tyrese. I expect a big jump from Tyrese. I don't I don't expect him to average 20 points or nothing like that. And I think uh, being the uh, ACC Player of the Year is absolutely in the realm of possibilities. Um Numbers wise, what I what I expect to see is, you know, anywhere between seven and nine assists a game. And, you know, they have so much firepower. I don't think he's going to need, you know, to score 15, 16 points a game. I think, you know, he averaged nine last this past season. So I think 12 to 13 is, is about right, is about right for what he does. You know, what I mean, he's an unselfish player. I don't think he's going to go out there and look to to do more than he needs to. But I think he'll do enough to, you know, absolutely be a threat. And I think his shooting numbers will definitely go up and, you know, increase a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for him as far as being a threat. So, yeah, I expect that. And I expect great defense from him. I expect him to make first team all ACC defender. I expect that. And I expect last thing, I I definitely expect him to be on uh, uh, all American team first, second team for sure. Yeah, I don't think you guys want to hear me talk about Proctor anymore. But um, <laughs> not like like Pablo said, man. I re- I really think his defense is going to improve. Um, his shooting, I've said I said all last year. He just has a slow release. I need you to be locked and loaded, ready to go. He cleans that up, which he did towards the end of the season. I think we all saw that. Um. Like Pablo said, he's a distributor first, which is crazy to think about in today's basketball world that you have a person who can bring the ball up and distribute first. And um, if you need 25 points a game, I think you can grab him by the jersey and say, I need 25 points a game, and he'll give it to you. That's the kind of guy he is, man. He's from Australia, bro. He had to shoot spiders, bro. I mean, it's like <laughs> – like, I mean, for real. Like, yeah, he's that dude. And – I think him coming back a second year speaks fucking volumes for college basketball. Volumes. Because this is a dude who had gone first round to a smart GM. And now you're bringing him back for another year? He'll be a, he'll, he'll be a lottery pick. 
he'll be a lottery pick. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we uh, we talked about this last year before the season, uh, TK and AC, about, like, I thought he was going to be the best player on the team last year. I'm really high on Proctor. I, I think, I mean, last year a lot of people compared his game to Tyus Jones. I think there's a real chance that his two-way play gets more to the level of like a sophomore year Trey Jones this year. I think that's a genuine possibility. I think that's a first or second team All-American. I think that's a lottery pick. I think that he is just going to be so much more than people think he's going to be. I guess I should say people outside of Duke. Duke fans know what he's going to be because they saw him last year. But the stats from last year do not speak to what he was. He he's going to be really good. And I think a lot of people outside of the Duke sphere are sleeping on him right now. Yeah. I mean, after January, he shot over 40% from three. That was one of the things that people harped on him on. He was 32% from three prior to that. His scoring really didn't change much, but he didn't have to, because you had flip scoring, he had some other guys. And and I I like the Trey Jones comp a little bit if we're using Duke guys as comp for, for the type of season that they're going to have. I'd I'd go with senior year Duhan, quite honestly. And I think last year we even talked about this a little bit too. He reminds me of Duhan, the way he plays defense, the way he distributes the ball, and the way he can score if he has to. If all goes according to plan, he's not going to have to score this year. So I don't see him getting more than 13 points a game. But I mean, Paul was saying, you know, seven is close to seven assists a game. Take it. I'll take it all day long because that's hard to get in college basketball these days. Close to seven assists a game, a faster team. What you got, D? I'm not, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just saying if he if you have to have him scoring 13, 15, 16, 17 points a game, that's not a good game for Duke. Yeah, points a game for the whole season, you don't want that. There's going to be games no. where he's going to be able to take over, though, and get 25 sure. if you need him. Uh, 100%. And, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, just like Jeremy Rhodes, everybody else. Like this, this team has four to five he's dudes who dude. will go get you the 20 yep. points you need to win a game yep. if you have yep. to have it. But because of the makeup of the team, because of all the guys returning, because of the new freshmen that we have, and because of his actual ability and what he does see on the court that other guys don't see, he, it, senior year Duhon is the exact season I'm, I'm thinking he's going to have. I should want to comment on the AC. I want to go to Pablo here. Uh, I kind of like the question, and D kind of threw the hands out there a little bit. Um if he if he averages thirteen to fourteen, that's not a problem to me. Pablo, do you where do you see him averaging? Uh, yeah, no, no. Like I said, I think anywhere between twelve and thirteen is what you know. I don't see like a big scoring jump. You know, maybe a couple points more than what he averaged last season. You know, which is nine a game. So twelve, thirteen sounds about right. And uh, seven, eight, seven between seven and nine assists because I think he could just with our team and like how we've improved shooting. I think you can get four assists just basically off driving and kicking. You know what I mean? And other right. stuff to just be driving and just just dumping down to whoever. You know what I mean for a quick score. So that's why I see him thirteen and about seven or nine a game. Yeah, they get, get the last word. Well, let me un let me unmute my mic first, like a professional here. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like. Uh, He'll probably average about six, seven, eight assists a game. But you know what you won't see on the stat sheet? The hockey assists that he'll get just by making people open, making people move without the ball just because of how he plays the game of basketball. And just to get away from Proctor for a second, I think the international dudes are showing us that. 
day by day by day. Like, this is the way basketball is supposed to be played. Move without the ball, set a screen, run to the basket, throw it at the rim, not throw up a shot. And I think Proctor plays real basketball. And I think that's what separates him. That's what I said last year, AC. I got laughed at on spaces by all these insiders that we had that said, you're an idiot. Tyrese Proctor will never see the floor. People actually said that. AC, do you want to respond to that? No, I mean, it's, it's correct. But it's, it's, it's knee-jerk reaction stuff, man. It's the same thing we were talking about in the very first segment about Knupel and everything yeah. else. It's just... When when guys when guys know how to play basketball, just trust what they do, man. And he knows how to play basketball. He's been playing against pros forever. He he already played in a professional type league anyway. And you saw what he did on the court last year. And all and, and you can't look at his season as a whole. Of any player on the team last year, you cannot look at his whole season as a microcosm and say this is what he does. Because he has a very distinct line from like January sixth on. All right, he's kind of like the Republicans. After January sixth, things change for him. So <laughs> So that's that's how he is, man. Like that's that's how it goes for Tyrese, man. So that's I think he's gonna have a great season, man. Last thing on Proctor, I'll let you go, TK. I'll let you run the point. He, he absolutely did not do shit until they handed him the keys. When they gave him the key to there's that no boat, doubt. he drove it. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I think that's where Jack I'll give you the last word because I, I think that you and I were on this from the beginning, where you yeah. and I believe that like we, we saw him, and, and that's the one thing that Jack and I said from the entire season it was like we saw uh, Proctor and it was like alright we saw the shooting motion we know it's good enough it's so much better than his percentages were right Jack it's like we see where it is and Jack where do you see at the end of the day I mean I'm with Proctor as a first-team All-American. I'm sorry I am. Yeah. He's not American. I think it's just going to depend on who votes what way first, second team. But he's he's an All-American. That's I think that's all there is to it, if we're being completely honest. And I mean, by the way, so... I agree. I agree. Yeah. So the last thing I'll, I'll give Jack here... Uh, is somebody sisters James Harden again? Where did he go? Where did James Harden go? I don't know, <laughs> and I frankly don't care because I <laughs> we're gonna get oh, whatever. Bro. He'll either go to the Clippers or he'll go like I'm not going to the Clippers. Uh, Mason Paul made by the way to the Clippers. Yeah, shout out Mason going back. Look, if he goes to the Clippers, they send a bunch of stuff to like Portland, and we get Lillard. Then we're all happy. No way. <laughs> the 76 don't have enough to get Damian Lillard. There's no way. We give up James Harden and the Clippers pay for Lillard. Come on, bro. He's Come James on, Harden. Man. I don't know if Lillard is the answer, you know, man. He's 40 something. He's done. <laughs> all right, here we go. That's Thank it. you, AC. Thank you. Enough with the sticks. AC, we are done here. We are done here for the Knicks. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, we are bring done here for. We are done here for the Duke Five Point Play podcast. I got my main man Jack. I got D. I got Pablo, and my main man from the beginning AC. Here we go. It's the off season AC. That's what we got. We are ready to roll, but it never stops. No one ever stops AC Duke basketball. 
Duke basketball never stops. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Go Duke. Hey guys. Go Duke. Hey guys, thank you for checking us out on the Five Point Play Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Also check us out on Twitter and Instagram on Five Point Podcast. Let's go Duke.